0: 347 633 9365 is the number to call. So don't sit around, no time to stall. Giving you football from wall to wall. And now we give you our two hosts: Emil and Chad with your breakfast toast. Friday, and I'm feeling good.
1: You got to get hype off that song, though I don't know if anything is going to get my co-host hype. His USC Trojans took a L last night to uh, a team you wouldn't expect to do that. This is the second time that this has happened. It's the second time that it's happened at home this season, and the natives in the Los Angeles area and Trojan fans from across the country are at the edge of the cliff with Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, I don't need to ask you a question for you to go in. So I'm just going to tell you, or I'm just going to mention, that your Trojans lost 17-12 last night. How do you feel about that? The stage is yours.
2: I don't even know where to start. I, I started going off on you when we were waiting for the show. I mean, I, I just don't even know where to go with this guy. I, I go last year to the game at Boston College. I gave him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, that was after they had a big win at Stanford. I said, okay, you know. It's understandable with a young, a young depleted roster that perhaps that was a bad road trip. But this year, there's no excuses. Yes, they're young, but they're very talented. This guy's lost. He, he I mean, I know it's only year two when you're in the five-year program that type deal. Mm-hmm. But i but there's there's certain things that you see in a coach where you just say, I'm not sure if you gave him 55 years, things are going to change. Because I probably
1: it's not, should do some amendment maybe to my article. You're in a five-year program when you're rebuilding. You know, like things have crumbled right. down. in, in Sark's case, he's coming
2: in after He said back-to-back top-five back top recruiting talent. classes. His recruiting class last year was ranked number one by two services. I mean, it's not like they're sitting there with a the bare cupboard. He got beat last night. Think about this: not only did he get beat last night by inferior talent, he got beat by the guys he recruited, and he happened to recruit quite a few good ones. At Washington, when you consider they had three first-round picks, leave that team last year on defense.
1: Yeah, and uh, true freshman, wet behind the ears quarterback, thought I'd throw that in there.
2: Oh, yeah. No, no, listen. That was as bad as it gets in my mind because of just what you saw was just a lack of preparation. I I think I told you this having seen the Stanford game in person this year. The one striking thing to me, and this is why I've soured on Sark besides his game management skills. He doesn't get it. You know and I know what we both feel about football, especially in the Pac-12. The team that Mm -hmm. plays defense, especially when they have talent, will will dominate that conference. Pete Carroll understood that as soon as he got there. He looked around. He said, you know what? Especially back then, no one plays defense Mm -hmm. in this conference. Mm -hmm. So I'll tell you what Mm -hmm. I'm going to do. I'm going to get a lot of good athletes, and I'm putting at least half of them on defense. Okay? They dominate it. What I notice when I watch USC, their defensive linemen do not look like USC defensive linemen. Many of them look How fat. How do they look? They look fat. They look fat and slow. And you can see it last night because Washington had a – had a, what was the kid, a redshirt freshman or a sophomore, the running back? He ran for about 150 yards. I mean, he did. I mean, he did. Uh, with no threat of passing the ball, by the way. They had that, that – the quarterback – was missing wide-open receivers. I mean, if I brought him over to the pier in Long Beach, he would have missed the ocean, okay? Uh,
1: my biggest he, he, issue last night, Emil, and we, uh, as I told you, was the play calling. It was egotistic. I need, to th- I, need, I need Big 12 passing yards, so despite the fact that every time I run the ball, I'm cranking out six, seven yards, I just need to keep throwing this football.
2: Why? Well, that was 100%. And, you know, I, I sat there, and I've been saying this for four weeks to you off air, um I have no idea. Don't get me wrong, I don't mind getting everybody touches in the backfield. I really don't. I like that approach. I want to run the ball 40 times if I'm USC because their offensive line is is a very young line. It's all sophomores and freshmen other than Turk, the kid that got hurt the center. Okay? It's a very good run blocking line. I it has the ability to be it's huge. They struggle a little with pass protection especially when you start blitzing them in stunts. They you know, that's still a weaker part. So for me, why is Ronald Jones not in that game getting the ball 20 times a game minimum?
0: Have you watched that kid? He's he looks
2: outstanding. Yeah, he out- looks outstanding. That kid is a, is a true freshman. He's an absolute stud. Why are you not feeding that kid the ball the way an LSU feeds, you know, for at the ball or Chubb at uh, Georgia? Give the kid the rock. And here, like you said, they want to pass the ball. Let me tell you, Cody Kessler, nice kid, g- good student athlete, nothing against them, not a great quarterback. His numbers are all based, and if you go down game logs, go to ESPN if you're a listener, look at what he did last year. They're padded stats. When he played bad defenses, he threw for four or 500 yards, five touchdowns. When he played good defenses, he struggled like he did last night. I saw the fear of God in his eyes last night.
0: Well,
1: uh, yeah, he he was a little happy in the
2: pocket, but like I said, the play calling didn't do anything to
1: help this guy.
2: Oh no, listen, I'm not I'm not debating that at all with you. What I'm trying to say is if you're a coach, you understand this. That's that's what concerns me, Sark. Listen, if you understand your own football team, you self-scout, right? I mean, you do that. You coach, you scout yourself. You, you figure out what sure. are our weaknesses? How would I attack me? If you're Sark, you have to understand Kessler his best attribute is usually his head. He doesn't have a big arm. He's not a great athlete, okay? If I expose him against defenses where they can cover people and there's not big windows, he doesn't have the arm to throw the ball outside the hashes, and he has happy feet. The best way to protect a guy like that and make the throws easier for him is to have success running the football. So when he goes play action, there are windows to throw the ball in. And guys aren't just teeing off and coming after him.
1: What I tell you about running the football? Well, you don't well, what you do
2: you're preaching to the choir. I love it.
1: Running the football is detrimental to your passing stats. Oh I'm yes, telling you, you did Angle, call me that last you night. Have, Very oh, detrimental. You have, yes. Yeah. You have offensive coordinators out there that are stat hungry and uh, have an ego, and they get swallowed up by it. That's just the truth. That's the way that works.
2: And you know there and are some. This other is one things. of those guys. But there's other things too that you know, and this is what I'll call body language. And I, don't, I mean, you don't watch obviously. You you watch all the games. You're not like watching every play of a USC game. Things I notice, you're never going to get the LA out of the USC program. I mean, it's always going to have the glitz and the glamour. So I understand that. But Carroll and coaches like him, John Robinson, John McKay over the years, they knew how to manage it. Okay, USC's always been. Contrary to their image, a very physical football team when they're going good. Just look at the Mm -hmm. NFL Hall of Fame. It's littered with USC linemen from Ron Yeri to Anthony Munoz to Bruce Matthews and not even to mention all the good ones that didn't make the Hall of Fame. They are about beating the hell out of you. They O.J. Simpson, I mean, they run the football. That's what <laughs> UFC's about, okay? Man, you can't say
1: beating the hell out of you and then say O.J. Simpson right after that. Come on, I know, flag that's on bad the choice. That's a Greg out. Hardy-like
2: change, uh, choice of words. But anyway, my my point is that you don't see that with them now. You have kids like Juju Smith, phenomenal player. Last night, he, he <laughs> tries to run over a guy, okay? He fumbles the football. It's laying next to him. But he's more concerned with just jumping up, To let the guy know he ran him over as Washington's recovering the fumble. To me, that's a tone inside the program. They're sloppy. They make pre-snap penalties. They make stupid penalties that are personal fouls that aren't like, oh, I hit the quarterback late. They're dumb personal fouls. Oh, I grabbed your face mask when you were running down covering a punt. You know, not aggressive personal fouls, just stupid and undisciplined. And that, that, to me, says this guy is in over his head. I was willing to try it. I I said, hey, let's not bury the guy when they hired him. Let's see what he can do. But they obviously gave him the keys to a program that he's just not ready for. And they've got to stop this going back to the future, like you said with Miami. Let's go back and, you know, get this guy or get somebody from Pete's coaching tree. They tried it with Kiffin. They tried it with Sark. There's only two hires I endorse right now for USC. Go get Chip Kelly because he's a a Nick Saban-like college coach that will win big at USC. And if you really want an SC guy then go get Jeff Fisher from the Rams. Fisher understands USC, he understands defense, and he understands physicality, and he played there w- when Robinson and McKay were there, okay? So those are the only two that you give approval. Unless you if come you up bring with in... a college guy, you know, you under, you know, I'll be honest. You you know the guys in college that are ready to make the jump more than I do because you're you're more involved in that. If you could say, "Hey, listen, here's why I like this guy. Here's what he's done." You know, and he's at this program now. But I don't want a coordinator. I don't want a guy, you know, somebody You don't want a coordinator. That, Why not? Why not a coordinator? That's never been a head coach. I don't want one. I, I want somebody who has management. Why not? Because ex- I want management experience. Okay? You understand that. When you're a coordinator, the first thing that happens, you've got that two- to three-year period, and you and I have talked about this. It was classic with Jason Garrett, where you don't want to let go of what you know. If I bring in a defensive coordinator, the first thing he says, well, I'm going to be the head coach, but I want to coach the defense too. And you always suffer in that scenario. You need somebody who has at least run a program. It doesn't have to have been a big program. If there's a reason to say, hey, there's a guy here uh, you know, that, uh, in a small ACC school or, or a Mountain West school, if, it, if you can convince me that they're the right guy, I'm open to that. But right now, from what I'm seeing, this is a big-time program and needs somebody with experience. That understands L.A., that understands managing something that big, and to me, there are two guys right there that would understand that. And Fisher is a guy that I think would bring a toughness back to USC, and that's kind of what Carroll brought. Now, Fisher's the opposite of Carroll. He's not going to be giving you high fives on the sidelines and, you know, fist bumps. But
1: well, man, uh, look, Carroll is Carroll. Uh, right. But you've kind of what, what your parameters you've laid out there have made it a very small window for you to deal with.
2: I don't need a big window. What, I mean, listen, they've got a big checkbook, a big reputation. Okay, It's one of the better jobs because because anybody that goes there understands I'm going to get talent. They have a new facility there, so I'm, it's not like I'm walking into some dump. I can get all the talent I need, and they've had a tradition where they win, and, and if I win, I'm going to be loved. It's kind of like when Saban walked back to Alabama and they were greeting him at the airport as, as a savior, and he pretty much was for the program.
1: All right, so does Chip Kelly, though, because uh, that's the name that you and I conjured up early. And now well, they everyone, tried to get him two years ago. I didn't make name the up. name
2: up. I mean, they, they called him. Does he change the guy.
1: culture, though? Is it a little bit of Rich Rod to Michigan?
2: Can he change the culture? I, I, listen, does I Does he
1: change the culture to something that USC's just never been? Does it become too finesse, is what I'm trying to say here.
2: Well, I think there's also, I don't know if, you know, I think we say Chip Kelly's finesse in that, you know, because he runs a lot of plays and we're not high on his style for the pros but if you really look i mean he does like to run the ball when he was at Oregon now why he doesn't do it in the pros i got no idea i got no idea <laughs> but maybe yeah, because go, they're stopping it <laughs> well but you you know and i know that we've talked about it i'm calming down here okay we've talked about it when you run the ball you got to keep sticking with it. You're saying they stop it, but if you're on two plays and you lose 4 yards, that doesn't mean they've stopped it, it means you quit trying.
1: Um true. This is this is indeed true. Um I look, it it would be a departure from what's been there. We we can definitely say that. Sure, so but I don't think that's a bad work. thing. Maybe, but if it doesn't work, Emil, uh you're going to be you're going to be kind of like what Michigan had to deal with. Because if it doesn't work, you're going to want to go back to your roots, and then the next guy is going to have to totally retool the roster.
3: We well, no, I guess it
1: could it could be a great thing, could be an awful thing.
2: He's not my only. Like I said, I, I would be very high, and I, you know, I thought about that. I gave this obviously some thought. I mean, I'm a, I'm a very bullish on a guy like Fisher. I like. Listen, I've always been a big Jeff Fisher guy. I mean, people say, oh, well, he never won anything in the pros. He's never had a ton. If you really look he's never had a complete team. He had that Titans team 1 yard from winning the Super Bowl back in the late 90s against the the greatest show on turf. Um he's in St. Louis now with a ton of defensive talent. Uh the offense is suspect because again nobody's given him a quarterback. I mean, he's got a guy that's a guy. But if you look when they play the better teams, especially when they're you know, they're outgunned, they show up and you know, you know you're in a football game and a lot of times they come away with a win. So I I I just like I like the spirit he brings to a college. I think he would be to me more like a, um, it, not in the rah rah sense, but what he, what Pete Carroll brought to USC. I think of Jeff Fisher would bring in terms of just mental toughness. Uh, we're going to run the football, we're going to stop the run. That's the, the basics of football. That's what I'm looking for. I don't need a great recruiter. I keep telling you this, and I think you agree Who's with this. to me?
1: say, yeah, well, you know, I think that some of that stuff's overblown, the whole re- need yeah. a recruiter oh, thing. Oh, he can recruit. Uh, Listen, you could recruit. Yeah, develop your okay. kids. You know, yeah, yes. let's, let's, let's be a coach. You're out there in Los Angeles. There's plenty of talent to go around. If you're developing kids and the kids are able to go out and play the game of football and beat their opponent, kids are going to come all right? Uh, it's better off to have kids come into your program anyway because you're winning um, and not necessarily because you were able to say some really snazzy things at the coffee table or during the in-home visit. So that's really what you want to have. And you sound like University of Miami Canes football guy down here. That's what you sound like right now. And uh, I'm going to have to object because your program is nowhere near where the University of Miami is right now. And that's part of what Uh, We will talk about today, maybe not Emil and I, maybe we'll get to that. We do need to talk about the uh, Canes versus Knowles game, but coming up, we are going to talk some college football after the break. We're going to break down some of the biggest matchups that we have in college football this weekend, and there are always some really good ones out there. Later on, we're going to talk the NFL. We'll get into some of the matchups that we've got coming up in the NFL this week, a little bit of a better card, not overwhelmingly so, but we'll talk about those games, and then uh at the end we will give you our picks our red hot picks by the way we're doing we did very well both in college and NFL football last week so looking forward to do that again. And then as you know in the uh in the second hour I will talk with uh Pete Ariz from canesinsight.com and we'll talk some high school football with Joshua Wilson uh from floridahsfootball.com. So we got a whole bunch to get to here today. Stick with us we'll be right back right after this.
0: Hey, hey, hey! Do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payouts. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members.
1: That's right, $10 million. One member has made over $600,000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for twenty-five dollars and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry, the match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to
0: FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now!
3: That's for me, at least we'll both be numb, And she'll always get the best of me, the worst is yet to come. But at least we'll both be beautiful and stay forever young. This I know, this I know. She told me, don't worry about it. She told me, don't get a grip.
0: Where you get that from? That's here. Cause okay. somebody told us it. Don't go there with me. Have you want to keep it real, you keep it real with me. Because
1: I ain't for no game, okay? That's how you kind of sounded in the last segment there, Emil, talking about your USC Trojans. Well, listen, uh, I like T-shirts, don't you? Love them. I have a yeah, lot of them, I too. T-shirts t- are the staple of America, and our friends at t com do have a message for us. They want to let us know that, Screen printed T-shirts are costly when done for small groups. Limited in color unless you want to pay even higher prices. More colors, more costly. The answer is do it yourself. Just like everything else we've got going on, you know, with all in this digital area, you can do, you can do anything for yourself. Some things probably shouldn't be, but with T-shirts, but I was going to say things you
2: don't want to do for yourself, <laughs> but most of them you can do.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yes, and and T-shirts uh, fall in the can do. Whether it's seven on seven team, your child's birthday party, or family reunion, you can do it yourself and they'll look great. That's right, with heat transfer paper sold at t you can design your own logos, wording, whatever you want, print it on your inkjet paper sold by tshirtsupplies.com, and iron it on with your own hand iron. The designs or pictures you put onto your T-Shirts are only limited by your own imagination and creativity. If you dream it up and design it, the paper sold at t can get it onto your T-Shirt. By the way, don't worry if you haven't done it before, as T-Shirt Supplies has first-rate customer service, they will help you get the right paper for your project and steer you in the right direction. Visit them at T-ShirtSupplies.com. That's T-Shirt, no hyphen, supplies, plural, all one word, .com, or call them at one eight seven seven eight five seven two seven three seven. 877 857 2737 That's 1-857-85-PAPER, T-ShirtSupplies.com. Go there now. All right.
0: We
2: like now, that.
1: Uh, yeah, I love that, T-Shirt Supplies. Iron it on. I have some sayings I need to put on. Maybe not something I would wear to church, but uh, nevertheless, <laughs> the folks at tshirtsupplies.com can help me out no matter what my project is. So, looking forward to uh, ironing on some stuff on uh, some T-shirts for me. All right, you know what I'm looking forward to? Giving
2: out. out some winners later. That's what I'm looking oh, yeah. forward.
0: to. oh yeah,
1: winter time, winter time's coming up. But until then, we do need to break down some of these uh, matchups we've got coming up here this weekend. Hey, remember when this was a big time game? And it was a big build-up to it. I mean, the Bears Oh, it used to be on one of the Tuesday. biggest.
2: I mean, they oh, usually both goodness. came in the top 15. It was always a huge game, sure.
1: Yeah, Ricky Williams, Adrian Peterson, Cedric Benson, Vince Young, Sam I'm Bradford. I'm going back to These Billy. Names. How about
2: Billy Sims?
1: Yeah, man, Billy Sims. All oh, the names that would come out of this matchup. We don't have
3: that this year.
1: But it's still the no. Red River rivalry. And for now, we do need to talk about it a little bit. The spread on this thing is ridiculous. It's Oklahoma, 16.5. Here's the sad news for Texas The Texas Longhorns have given up 200 plus yards rushing in four of their five games this season. I mean, I thought Texas might struggle offensively this he year, never defensively. They've been extra boo-boo on defense. It's just really bad. The last three weeks, they gave up 45 to California at home, 30 to Oklahoma State at home. Then they went to TCU, and TCU kindly didn't score 100, but they scored half a hundred, and they had 30 at the end of one. Emil, what the hell is going on in Texas?
2: Well, I think we hit this a little bit after their last game. I I think Charlie was just Charlie Strong just. It's not a good fit there. It's not like he forgot how to coach football. I think that they have some issues with, you know, they've they've got some boosters that never wanted him there. He doesn't have huge recruiting ties in that state. I mean, most of his, like I said, go into your area. And mm-hmm. when he was, you know, a coordinator, he, he was a really good recruiter in that area. So I think he's getting hurt a little bit by talent drain, not that they don't have some talent, but I think the Oklahoma's and the between Oklahoma A&M, okay, always trying to steal Texas talent, but now you've got TCU and Baylor that have been so good the last three or four years that Texas is in a dogfight for kids that years ago they just weren't. So uh, this is a talent know. problem. What we've so, got going I mean, the, on here? The quarterback position is horrible to the degree of 50 to seven. No, it's not that. I don't know what's going on there. I mean, I don't know if the kids are – they're certainly not a disciplined team. I went through and looked at some of their box scores uh, the other day. A lot of penalties, a lot lot of personal fouls, a lot of things that – just giving away yardage. You know, obviously they're not losing because they're – that's not the only reason. But I think that's an underlying thing here. They're just not disciplined, which surprises me because he's a disciplinarian. But at a certain point, you know – you got to put 11 guys out there. You can't bench them all. <laughs> I don't know what
3: to tell no, you. No, you
1: can't. You do have to field a team. He did run off a number of kids uh, last year and his first year there, and, and right now it's just not working. It's It's still early, but – Early to us is very late in that state of Texas.
2: So uh, you, you know, know Yogi Berra once said, "Chad, there's one of your favorite Yankees, right?" He said, "He yeah, said it, it gets, gets late
1: early. It gets late early out there, and that, that nowhere <laughs> does that apply more than in this situation for Charlie Strong out in Texas." Having said all that, for some reason, I like Texas and the points in this game.
2: Me too. Um, I, I'm not going to make it a pick because I'm so scared of what Texas throws out there from week to week. But this game's always been crazy. Um, it's just one of those games where, you know, I know it's cliche, but really just toss the records aside. Uh, the last two years, last year Oklahoma won a 31-26 game as a 16.5 point favorite, by the way. That was the closing line. Mm-hmm. And then the year before, Oklahoma was a 13.5 point favorite. They lost outright by 16 points. So it's it's a crazy game. If Texas has any any pride, they're going to give you their, their best effort this week because this means a lot to kids in both programs. So I I I could never endorse laying this many points in this game. I would I would take taxes.
1: Charlie runs into something like what went went down last week? Does he make it out of this weekend?
2: Uh if they get beat like fifty to 14 28, or nothing, something.
1: Yeah, if we're yeah, 28 nothing at the end of one. And we end up with a runaway loss again. Can he? Does he make it out of this weekend?
2: He might. If the team quits, it might be a Kiffin's. I mean, I don't want to put that. That's we're speculating here. But if it, if it was like a team quit on him type of thing, it might be a Kiffin type situation where he gets met at the airport or wherever the bus. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I mean well, seriously. Uh, I we mean I want to see saying. that happen,
1: but no, that's I don't mind watching happen. it. I want to know if these kids have quit on him or not. But all right, we gotta move on to another game. This line is a little suspicious to me. Oklahoma State's traveling to West Virginia. This was a very much a one sided matchup last year, um, as West Virginia went into Stillwater and sh- sh- smashed Oklahoma State. Um West Virginia is a better team this year. Um, Oklahoma State is 5-0, and but, uh, you know, who have they really big. beat? I mean, I guess it's it's a big win last week, but I don't know. I think this line should be bigger for some
2: reason. And for that, well, I like Oklahoma State. Yeah, I'm well, I'm scared because I'm not convinced. At first blush, I thought maybe West Virginia in this game. But, you know, you say West Virginia is better, and we've kind of bought into that. But who here's West Virginia's schedule so far. Georgia Southern, Liberty, and Maryland. By the way, Maryland's already – uh, in the process of firing their coach. And then they played one game, finally, against Oklahoma and lost by 20. So I'm not so sure West Virginia's better. They haven't played anybody.
1: You know, I don't want to take away from what we're doing here, but is that not the oddest thing, what's going on there in Maryland? Oh, you're, are you firing
2: are, him or not?
1: What, I don't what, know. What is that?
2: No, that's like it's we're like making a plans.
1: Hit. We're making plans to fire our head coach, and we just want to have that out there in the media. But go ahead, coach your team up every week. What
2: the Yeah, fuck it's is like that? a it's like a girl that's that's texting her boyfriend to break up with him. She's just not sure yet.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the damnedest thing. That's the it's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. But uh, they're doing that. I digress, though. Uh, so if you were leaning one way or another, you're 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 leaning in favor of. Oklahoma, uh, State. Oklahoma State in this one. I, I am as well, and but just off of a little bit yeah. of suspicion with that line there. Nevertheless, uh, Arkansas and Alabama, here's the deal. Alabama went out and totally and completely flexed their muscles on Georgia. You know what it looked like to me? Uh, we grew up watching WWF. It's when uh, your body slam, you know, the named wrestler body slams Joe Simpson in the middle of the ring puts his foot on his chest, and then hits a flex for the fans who go berserk. That's what Alabama did to Georgia last week. Um, do they come into this one against an Arkansas team that's in full desperation mode, even though they won last week? Do they come in here with their head a little bit too
2: swollen? Um, this was a dogfight for them last year. Is that is is that going to be a problem for It's a, a dogfight again Alabama? in my mind, and I'll tell you why. This is the classic sandwich game. Again, we've seen these over the last couple of weeks, and we've been identifying them pretty well. They play Georgia. Texas A&M road game is on deck. Uh, Texas A&M is their other kryptonite. They seem to, every once in a while, play them really good or beat them uh, like Ole Miss. I have a feeling that Arkansas is not getting Alabama's full attention this week because of their record and a bunch of other things. The other thing is, if you look at last week, not I mean Alabama killed them, not take anything away from them, and, and part of the, what I'm going to say here is the doing of Alabama, but Georgia mm-hmm. turned it over four times. So
3: mm-hmm. I think
2: if Arkansas plays conservatively, plays a game where they they feature their running game and they hang on to the football, this has the makings of one of those old, you know, 20 to 13 type wins where Alabama goes in, does what they have to do, and wins the game. Uh, I hate to say
1: this because, you know, it's not good for radio, but I kind of agree with you there. I think that, um, and, and you know, I'm of this opinion Alabama's had their loss. Okay, so they're going to probably go ham on everyone. But uh, Arkansas is in full desperation mode. You and I both have talked about this, though. Arkansas's brand of football is not the kind that disturbs Alabama, though it did last year. Uh, And I think Arkansas can draw on some of the things that work there. I think Arkansas last week did a good job of getting back to their roots. And I think they do that here. And while it's going to be clear watching this game that Alabama is the better team and winning it. I just don't think the final score is going to really reflect that and would probably keep Arkansas inside of this line. Uh, that that was some strange analysis, but that's where no, I am on this. Okay. There's a,
2: it's logical. I agree with you.
1: Yeah, there's another big SEC matchup going down this weekend. The aforementioned Georgia will have to get up now after Alabama has taken their foot off their chest and pull all the pieces back together and go play a Tennessee team that really, really needs a win, Amal. I mean, Tennessee has to stop the bleeding. It was funny. I talked about this yesterday. Uh, Tennessee loses the close game to Florida uh, after they lost a close one to Oklahoma. Then they follow that up with a loss to Arkansas. Now we get a story that comes out that Butch Jones hit a player back in August, I guess it was. It's funny how the these things work, that these things will pop up yeah, like that. So yeah, I saw that. I. I yeah, I think Tennessee needs a win here just to keep the next stupid story from coming out and and getting getting the water out of the ship here. Would you agree or disagree with that? Well, they
2: might need a win. I'm not sure they're getting one. You know, this is one where a lot of people are going to jump Tennessee in this game figuring that they're going to forget every they're going to forget Tennessee's resume that you just mentioned and only look at the Georgia result last week against Alabama. And I really think Georgia ran into a buzzsaw, okay? This is still a Georgia team that in today's college football world is, you know, they only allow less than 300 yards a game, which in today's game might as well be the steel curtain, okay? Mm-hmm. Tennessee, even when they play well, usually finds a way to lose. So you've got, to me, two things going against you with Tennessee. One, even if they play their game, they might lose anyway. And if mm-hmm. they don't play their game, they might get killed. See, I think people are going to throw Georgia out with the trash because of last week. And I'm not sure that's a, the appropriate uh pile they should be in let's put it that way i think you may get georgia rallying together and coming in here this week and really put one on tennessee i wouldn't play the game because i don't know that i mean that's the problem i don't i without you know watching georgia being around practice you don't know what they're like this week but that that's just the yeah I, I
1: i would uh i would have preferred that we not agree on all these games like this georgia can't lose this game they can't um And I think what they really needed was a game against a real opponent, and they got that last week. They didn't end up with the result that they wanted, but they opened up this season against Louisiana Monroe at Vanderbilt, South Carolina, who's having a bad season, and Southern. They weren't prepared to face Alabama. They faced them. They got it out of the way, and I think now they're ready to play some SEC football, and they're going to have to do that at Tennessee because if Georgia loses to Tennessee – their season from there on is gonna be really, really bleak. So it's a, a must win situation for Georgia and I think uh the better team in this one's gonna win and that that's gonna be the Georgia Bulldogs in in my humble opinion. Well there's a big one on Friday, uh no may not say Friday, where am I coming from? Prime time on Saturday. And uh you know, I still say it's the biggest rivalry in the state of Florida. Uh not yet Flor but you know what? I had Bud Elliott on from Tomahawk Nation Uh, yesterday, and he did make an interesting point with regard to that, and he said it just matters um, in what area you grew up, as your answer to that question. If you're someone that grew up in the 80s um, and early 90s, then Miami and Florida State is a big matchup. If you're someone that grew up after that, you know, when Miami started having some problems, and uh, Florida and Florida State were the two big dogs, then you feel like this is the biggest, uh, Florida State and Florida is the biggest rivalry in the state of Florida. So that's really what it just boils down to. Nevertheless, Florida State has taken on Miami, and uh, word is that Dalvin Cook will play in this football game. There's some speculation as to whether he wouldn't. He practiced yesterday. Everything seems to be okay, so Florida State will have Dalvin Cook. I don't make predictions on University of Miami football games. However, Emil, I will say I feel like Miami's going to win this game, even with Dalvin Cook in there.
2: Wow, look at you stepping out. How about that? That's like the kiss of death.
1: Well, I beg your pardon because it can't be the kiss of death because I don't ever pick
2: the games. Well, that's true. I I do pick games. I don't care who plays. I'll even pick games my own teams are involved in. We know that. Uh, I I have a pick on this game, so we'll talk about at the end of the show. I'll tell you what I think.
1: Well, well, well there There's you go. There's a
2: for you that people can hang on for yeah, another 30 minutes. how about minutes.
1: that? Northwestern and Michigan, does Northwestern have a chance?
2: Well, I mean, in Dumb and Dumber, I mean, you know, I guess if you were the last – uh, guy on earth, I'd go out with you So what you're saying is I have a chance. I mean,
3: sure.
2: They have a it's like, God almighty. Hey, I mean, man. Yeah, they have a chance. I just don't like their chance here because as good as Northwestern's defense has played, Michigan may have the best defense in the country, and I'm not just saying that statistically. I'm saying by what I'm watching. They're, they're mm. just they're shutting people down. I mean, just shutting them right down. Um, mm. And Northwestern's not exactly dynamic offensively. Not that Michigan is, but Michigan's got a few more weapons, I think, offensively than Northwestern. So to me, this has the feeling of a game that, it, you know, it's probably going to be boring. It's not going to be pretty. Uh, mm-hmm. But but this just feels like, I don't know, let me give you a score, 23-10, something like that. Just feels mm-hmm. that way to me.
4: Now, I wouldn't make Michigan
2: yeah. a pick because I'm not laying seven points against, a, you know, an undefeated, you know, well-coached football team. But it just feels 23-10-ish to me.
1: Yeah, here's a game where we're going to disagree on. Uh, I think I like Northwestern in this one. Uh, Mm. Michigan's had fun beating up on some teams the last few weeks. I think their head may be getting a little bit big right here. Northwestern plays outstanding defense, and I think as long as they're doing that, they can stay close to a Michigan team that doesn't have a dynamic offense. Uh, They fed a little bit off of what the defense has been able to do last week. They forced three turnovers against Maryland, got themselves set up pretty nice. Northwestern's conservative on offense. Um, can move the football, and they've been opportunistic. I think this is a Lockhorns type of thing. I look at that game against Stanford, who, as we can realize now, Stanford is a better football team than we thought uh, coming into the season, and they completely and totally shut that team down. And I think uh, off of that, that they've already faced that physical bruiser style of, uh, of offense, I think they'll be prepared for this Michigan team. They've already seen that kind of stuff. And uh, I think they make a really good game out of this. It might be the thriller of the day as we all sit around talking about Georgia and Tennessee and Alabama, Arkansas, and in F- Florida State and Miami. Uh, Northwestern and Michigan may end up being the best game of the day, and so I think it. Maybe down to... I mean you
2: know it, it, listen on paper it looks like it could be. I just hope it doesn't turn into one of those. I like good defense, you know that, but I hope it doesn't turn into one of those three and out punt fests. I like some good defense where. You know, you get some turnovers, some drives that get stopped. You know, I want want a little action. I don't want to see run, 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 punt. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah, well, that might just very well be what we get. And, you know, Harbaugh doesn't care how you feel about it as long as I get the W at the end. You mean he didn't ask you? um, No, he didn't ask me, you, or the guy at Walmart where he buys his Docker. So he doesn't really care. He's just trying to get a win. And from that standpoint, uh, it may not be exciting. I just think the whole drama of who's going to win this thing may end up making this the best game of the day. This is an interesting one. Georgia Tech, not what we kind of expected coming into this season. Clemson flies into this thing giddy and high as hell. Their coach is doing the whip and the nay-nay and every other you know recent dance in the locker room, and they were pretty damn happy after that rain-soaked hold-off the comeback win against Notre Dame. Now they got to line up and take on a Georgia Tech team looking for a win anyway and anywhere and anyhow they can get it and it's going to bring a different kind of physical style of football. Is Clemson ready for that in this game?
2: I'll tell you what, this came very close to being a pick. I really, really like Georgia Tech in this game. Um, uh, m- me as well. Uh, I'll tell you what, Georgia Tech, Paul Johnson's a good coach, okay? They're playing for their season. They ran into a tough stretch, okay? Notre Dame is a good team. Duke's a good team, and then they let one get away. I think they fell asleep. The switch they got comfortable last week. They got up twenty-one nothing. They let their hair down, and when people start coming back on you in football, you can't just flick a switch. It's over when when that happens. Um, mm-hmm. Clemson, to me, I mean, you know, you really look at them. They struggled to beat Louisville the, and, and Notre Dame. You know, they held on for dear life. Not that there's anything shameful in that, but they may just be out of gas this week. This may be a situation where they're just not ready mentally, defensively. For the things that Georgia Tech makes you think about, and you've got to be disciplined when you're playing that type of offense. So Mm -hmm. for me, I think Clemson might come in a little sloppy defensively. Georgia Tech hits some plays on them, and before you know it, they're in a ball game. So I really like the seven points in this game.
1: Yeah, and in the way I promoted and introed this game, uh, I gave you all the reasons why I think Clemson might not be a good pick here as a seven-point favorite. Just too giddy and happy off of the win last week, and Georgia Tech coming in here mean-mugging. Uh, totally and absolutely prepared because they just need this win in in the worst way. And they bring that different style of football, and they're going to be physical, and it may be something Clemson didn't adequately prepare for this week. So I like Georgia Tech in this game. Uh, Not one of my top picks, but um, the way I would lean in this one. Here's an interesting game. California, um, the big surprise in the Pac-12 this year, would you say that?
2: At this point, sure. The Pac-12 is always surprising week to week.
1: Yeah, and they're playing another team. That's been a big surprise in the Pac-12 this year. Uh, we expected Utah to be good, but not this good. The odds makers, though, have made this a seven-and-a-half point game for Utah. Cal has been nothing but great. And just off of line suspicion, I want to go with Utah here.
2: Yeah, I kind of – you know, again, it's boring radio, I get it, but I'm not going to lie just to make something interesting. I, I kind of have a feeling um, – I wouldn't play the game, first of all, but if I was, I would probably do what you did offline suspicion. My only concern is I think the line is priced that way because Utah, the last time we saw them, was beating the hell out of Oregon, 62-20, and the public and the odds-makers haven't adjusted for the fact that Oregon just isn't Oregon. So I think mm-hmm. part of that is... They're looking at that and saying, wow, you know, Utah. But if you look at the rest of Utah's scores, well, you know, there's a seven-point win, a ten-point win. So I'm not so sure I'm as suspicious about the line as I am a little bit about Cal. Cal's been in three games the last three weeks, and they could have lost any of them. The Texas game, they won, fortunately, on an extra point. They went on the road against Washington. Their defense... uh, Bailed them out, I believe, with a fumble return in that game. They won it by six. Last week they held on for dear life in a game that you and I both liked. Washington State. Um, mm-hmm. So, I, I have a feeling that this is a game where just Calves maybe out of gas. Another term I used earlier. I think again, their third road game in four in mm-hmm. four weeks
3: might yeah. be a little uh, bit another, much for
2: them. Yeah,
1: another tough one there for them. Um, I mentioned in only to, to ask if you uh, may have a pick on it. You know that I don't, um, other than to say I'll be there in attendance and go Gators. But uh, the Florida Gators, the new number 11 team in the country making a historical jump, uh, have to you know, not go in there with their heads swollen off of the big old Miss win and take on a Missouri team that beat the living crap out of them last year. Uh, what are your thoughts on what's going to happen there? And be well, honest.
2: Well, on... I'm going to be honest. Uh, I'm rooting for Florida for obvious reasons. Uh, this is a game again where, if you may, if I was making a pick, I'd be on Missouri. Um, mm-hmm. Few things. I think Maddie Mock being out of this game is actually helping Missouri. I think this younger kid has stabilized their offense a little bit for them. Um, mm-hmm. I don't really think the Florida the, the the results last year matter as much as people think. I mean, it's not like Missouri. Put a physical beat down on them. Florida turned the ball over six times in that game, if I remember correctly. It was it was a joke. Missouri had a hundred yards of offense and they scored forty two points. It, it was it was ridiculous. I think that Florida, what's hard for them is look where they were. You know, they came in with no expectations this year, really. I mean, a new coach, new staff. They have that comeback win against Tennessee, and then they put one on Ole Miss, and all of a sudden, what are they? Ninth, tenth in the country. Now there's expectations, and yeah. They're 18 and 19 year old kids, and I just, I think this is a tough spot to be in. I see this game as a nail biter, just like that Kentucky game. And if you're if you're giving me four or five points at home with a quality program and a good coach like uh, Pinkell in Missouri, I'll take I'll take that.
1: Yeah, well, you certainly make some great points there, and it's something that I've kind of you know bumbled around out there on on uh, Twitter is that, you know, uh, they need to be careful of not getting their heads blown up because everyone's coming out of the woodworks to sing their praises um, and say it's the old Florida and this and that. And it very well may be, but it's too premature to say that, and they really, really better go into Missouri focused. Um, if they can go in there and handle their business and beat up on Missouri, then, um, you know, there'll be a ton more of praise come in their way but they just well, I hate making that analysis.
2: I hate to be a buzzkill because I want Florida to win. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and obviously I know you do, but I just that's mm-hmm. kind of the way I feel trying to be an objective analyst looking at that game. I just, you know, it's a yeah, tough no, spot. Yeah, no, that's,
1: and, and you you would be all right for doing that. Okay, well, we're not going to give our college football picks right now. We're going to save all that for the final segment um of this hour. We're going to take a quick break when we get back. We're going to talk the top NFL matchups this weekend, and then we'll give you the picks at the end of the next segment. We'll do that when we get back on the Great Iron Stud show right after this.
3: I see i too late. Got nothing. Hey, 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 do
0: you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoffs. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million.
1: One member has made over $600,000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus
0: to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to
1: FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code Studs when you sign up. But you better hurry, the match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo
0: code Studs. Do it now! Alright, Emil, we're back.
1: It's quarter to eleven. I used to hate when my uh my grandparents would say the time like that. It's quarter to eleven, man. Is it 10:45? What is the deal? What is that? Is that 10:30? What is it? That used to annoy me, but it here blows it. It's your mind when you're a kid.
2: You can't figure yeah, that stuff like, out. Yeah, like
1: that sucks. Don't don't tell me the time like that. Yeah, I need that, the Casio though. watch time. I need the Casio watch time, um, not the Seiko watch time. Nevertheless, man, uh, listen. I just we just ran that ad there for Fanduel. Um, you can't go anywhere with the fo- during the football season or leading up to the football season mm. without ads from DraftKings and Fanduel. And they've just been everywhere, and now they're reaping the repercussions of that. Uh, now everyone's up their rear end about uh, what's gone down this week. And uh, I think I'm reading, uh, or I saw a headline here. I've been trying to run down the story about how there's a class action lawsuit against that has been filed.
2: Uh, what's against what what, the, and what is the basis of the suit, quickly? False advertising? Hmm
1: um i guess i guess it might have something to do with uh, the uh, the employees playing in in the games uh with the other i guess what you had was some fan duel employees were playing fantasy football and winning money at draftkings and so to give you a quick read on this a class action lawsuit was filed in federal court in manhattan on thursday accusing draftkings and fan duel of negligence, fraud, and false advertising. The case was brought by Adam Johnson of Kentucky, who says he deposited 100 into a DraftKings account. The suit claims that the daily fantasy games put forth by the two companies are misrepresented as fair. That case is made mainly through the recently revealed policies of the two companies that allowed employees to enter contests on the other site for cash prizes along with the rest of the population. What are your thoughts on the... Employees being allowed to play any games. I, the know, only I've concern would be if times. they
2: if they had the if they had the data as to who was being picked most often. So you, in other words, for anybody who understands that any kind of fantasy game, if you're playing those kind that are weekly, if the, the most used quarterback is Tom Brady, and I know that, and I and I look around and I say, well, geez, you know, there's very for some reason a lot of people aren't using Aaron Rodgers this week. Well, if I use Aaron Rodgers and he has a big day an even bigger day than Brady, it increases my mm-hmm. my chances to win exponentially because not as many people have them.
1: Well, to your point, here's where reading on here, it says, DraftKings performs analytics to determine winning strategies, return on investment of certain strategies, and even how lineups on FanDuel would do if they were entered into DraftKings contests, the suit alleges. With these strategies potentially available to some employees, those employees could have a potential advantage by playing on a competitor's site. So, uh, looks like uh, a storm is ahead for both FanDuel and DraftKings. Um, listen, I, I I engage in the FanDuel. Um, I'm not looking to get rich. Sometimes it's just I want to know. The, I just want the satisfaction of I can put together a roster here and kind of know what's going on, and um, let me see how I do. I'm not looking to break the bank, but, you know, you can sue. You can sue for anything nowadays, and apparently someone is uh, suing here.
2: Only a matter of time.
1: Yeah. So there you go. There you have it.
2: All right. Let's
1: get into the uh, let's get into the to the football action on the field. It's time to turn our attention to the NFL. And uh, we're going to do that and kick it off with there's a friends and family game in the NFL. It's Jacksonville and Tampa Bay. You know what? Uh, I get to avoid this game because it's a pick of mine. Can you believe that? I'm making a pick on a friends and family game. Tennessee's I know, what do you want to do? Good,
2: uh, and, and since I want to listen to your pick, I'll avoid any meaningful analysis on the game.
1: <laughs> uh, there you go. Buffalo trying to pick up the pieces. They're going to head to Tennessee, who's coming off of a bye week. Um, what's your thoughts on that one? The Bills' favorite in this one.
2: You, you know, you, you would think that that would be the direction you'd want to go in this game, um, but after last week's performance, I'm not sure. You know, I'm going uh, to sit there at Tennessee's, a one-and-two team, but they haven't played horribly this year. The Bills are two-and-two. Two. You know, If I had to make a pick, I'd probably go with the road favor- small road favorite Bills, but since I don't have to make a pick, I won't. <laughs>
1: Look at you dodging that bullet. Um, it would seem obvious that you'd take the Bills in this one, but uh, I'm on that line suspicion again. Why is it this low? Yeah. You know, that that concerns me a little bit, so that alone would – Kind of keep me off of that thing, and if I was with a gun in my head having to pick it, just off of experience in in, in this stuff, I'd probably lean in the direction of the Titans. Crazy as that may yeah, sound, I mean, but then the the other side of me is um, Rex Ryan has to be hell on rookie quarterbacks. I just think he's he's going to be pure hell for for Marcus Marietta. and if Mar- Marcus Marietta can uh, perform against a Rex Ryan defense as a rookie, then he really is he really is that guy. So, yep. Um Cleveland and Baltimore. Baltimore got a much needed win. They had to fight tooth and nail for it last week against Pittsburgh. Are they spent after having done that? Uh, can they come well, let's back be honest, be seven? The Steelers
2: gifted football? that game to the Ravens. Um, there's nothing that I saw that night that makes me think the the Ravens are are the team I thought they would be. And not that I'm I'm bullish on Cleveland, but I will say this, uh the Ravens defense is lacking. And usually when your defense isn't up to snuff, you don't want to be laying more than a touchdown or a touchdown even in this game, like it is seven. Uh, So I would probably make a lean here to Cleveland plus the seven points. All right. Um, Flying over, listen, speaking of flying, um,
1: Atlanta and Washington, Atlanta, certainly not one of the surprises in the NFL. No one expected them to come out and uh, be what they are. Um, I'm teetering and we're going to, this is one of those rare times, and teetering between this one and another game. So well, I got um, a pick on this I,
2: game, so I'll just say pass till we get to the pick section. How's that?
1: Yeah, I guess I'll I'll pass right along with you because it very well may be one of my picks. If it isn't, I'll share uh, my thoughts on it on that one. Um, Chicago and Kansas City, um, the Bears. Where do they go from here? What what are the Bears? What what are the what are the Bears going to do? The Bears are just a bad
2: team and? that every once in a while will play well. Uh,
1: they pulled out a win last week. Can they win back-to-back football games? Can they can they beat a Chicago? T- I mean, can they beat a Kansas City team off of a loss at home? I Let me tell
2: it. you what I see here. I see a line that makes zero sense. I've got two one-and-three teams, and it's eight and a half points to one of them. Okay, and I and I look at Kansas City and I say, well, let's look at the schedule. Denver, at Green Bay, at Cincinnati. Kansas City's not necessarily one-and-three because they're a bad team. They're 1-3 because someone in the NFL office doesn't like them very much. The Bears are just a bad team, and I have a feeling it's going to show in this game because that line is very high for, for a 1-3 and three team to be laying 8.5 points. So if anything on line suspicion, I would take Kansas City.
1: Line suspicion coming up quite a bit. Uh, in our talk here today the next game is the other game that I'm teetering on it's New Orleans and Philadelphia I don't know if you have a, a pick I on got that I, don't. Wait, we're
2: teetering on the same games I got a pick on that game for you
1: all right St. Louis and Green Bay now this one this one baffles me a little bit uh, Green Bay looking like one of the two best teams in the NFL right now um but St. Louis is that team. St. Louis is that team that can show up and, and beat anyone and lose to anyone. And they're so unpredictable, I just don't know where to go there. After a road win all the way out in San Francisco, the nature in which they got it, they held them to only three points, I'm suspect in laying a big number the next week. I am I just am.
2: I think this just is how my game, mind game, you know, if I was advising someone, I'd say best stay away from it. You can make cases for either team because I think it's equally tough on St. Louis they played out at Arizona last week. They got a big division win on the road against a very good team in Arizona. Now they, you know, they go back home, and it's a short trip here up to Green Bay from, you know, Missouri. But uh, it's it's tough back-to-back road games. It's an inflated number, as you pointed out. So I'm just not sure the direction here. I mean, you know, if anything, I'd, I, I'd probably lean Green Bay for one reason – I just don't like St. Louis' offense, and I'm always scared when you're playing a team like Green Bay that eventually they're going to figure out your defense, and even if they score 27, my concern is can St. Louis get to 20? But I'm I'm not really keen on making a a strong prediction on this game.
1: Yeah, I think that what it boils down to is I don't trust St. Louis at the quarterback position, Uh, and that's really what it just boils down to for me here. Uh, Seattle and Cincinnati, I didn't like anything that I saw from the Seattle Seahawks, including them messing up my pick on Monday night, I know this though, the Seahawks um just I'm just not used to seeing them under 500. It's how they started the year. They've gotten themselves back up. Um uh, but I don't know where to go on this one. Do they fall back under 500 against this Cincinnati Ball Club who's playing pretty good football? Um should we make a whole bunch out of the fact that Russell Wilson couldn't get any couldn't find any protection? I don't know. I just don't like how Seattle looks. Right now, I would, I, I very well may just have to lean towards Cincinnati in this one.
2: That's who I like in this game. I mean, the way, the way Seattle looks right now, especially up front, uh, you know, you're gonna have to give me more than three against an undefeated team. And I know, you know, fool me again because if the Bengals go out and get stomped in this game, it's gonna be like, well, you've never been high on the Bengals, so why, why are you saying that you would take them? And shame on me. But I, I have a feeling that maybe. Maybe Marv has things turned around there and, uh, you know, they're playing good defense. So I'd have to agree with you. Well, flying through this thing, uh, we
1: head over to Arizona and Detroit. Arizona got humbled a little bit last week. Detroit just played in that Monday night football game. I don't know what they're going to be bringing to the table. Is Arizona good enough though to be a road favorite against a Detroit team off of a loss, needing a win?
3: Uh,
2: I I think the answer short in short order to that is yes. And, uh, I also have a feeling that the Lions don't need a win necessarily because when you're 0-4, uh, I'm not so sure that, that the you know they're not playing for next year.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, you very well may be right. If I was leaning in that direction, Arizona off of the loss, um, I'd, I'd go with them, being a the motivated and a better team in this one. All right, it's your boys. They're at home and they're eight-point underdogs in this game. Um, listen, I'm gonna I have disrupt- a pick in this I'll- game for you. Good. I'm outright just going to tell you, I'm scared to pick against the New England Patriots, who have had uh, a good amount of time to get ready for this game. But experience has told me a team off of a big win that went into a bye week and is now laying big points on the road has not been a good way to go throughout time in the uh, in, in the in the NFL. So. Um, if with a gun to my head, I take the Cowboys and the points in this one. I'll be interested in hearing what you have to say. I have a pick on the next game. It's the Broncos and the Raiders. Uh, big time. Did I say that? Big time matchup out west. Can the Raiders finally grow up and do something um, to make people say well, I'll Wow? I'll tell you straight
2: up. So. I like the Raiders in this game. Uh, mm-hmm. As far as I'm concerned, Denver has to be the weakest 4-0 I've seen in a while. I mean, I just uh, there's. I mean, I know they have four wins, but really there's been nothing impressive to me in anything they've done there. Uh, The biggest win was 12 at Detroit. Everything else has been a touchdown or less, and now you're making them a a four-and-a-half-point road favorite against a a pretty decent Raider team. So, I mean, I'd be on the Raiders. I'll I'll be curious to see what you say. All right, and the final one uh, for Sunday, San Francisco.
1: The dreadful, dreadful San Francisco 49ers find themselves – uh, as seven-point underdogs on the road against the Giants, there's nothing that can make me pick the San Francisco 49ers. Likewise, I'd be extremely nervous laying a touchdown with the New York
2: Giants. Yeah. But I was gonna I just gonna say the same cannot. thing. The Giants aren't good enough to lay a touchdown. So I mean, with with with, with a uh, a gun to my head, as you like to say, I would take the 49ers, but I would not. <laughs> I, with a gun to my head way.
1: in this game, uh, my brains are on the floor because I'm. Just,
2: that's that's really well, what, hey, that wait, wait a second now, to. wait a second. You're gonna people are gonna be offended. That's that's oh, well, a metaphor, by a, the way.
1: That's a metaphor. A hey, Green yeah. uh look, they scored three points last week against Green Bay, San Francisco I'm talking, about seven points the week before. They are just so offensively challenged it's sick. Um yeah, I know. And, you know, you can you can pick them and watch them just bumble their way through offense and at the end of the game throw the ball to someone from the New York Giants and end up losing you know, 19-7, uh, uh, to, 19 to 7, and that would just I drive know. you crazy. So good luck, f- folks, with that With that one. I would lean to the Giants. I just don't trust the San Francisco 49ers whatsoever. So um, I don't know if we helped anyone there. Did we help anyone? No, we didn't help one? anybody there. All right, it's time for us to come back. I mean, we're going to help people football. right now. You're going to help people right now with what we think is best, and it's uh, that time, Amo.
0: For the fix, you know where we go on three and oh. So let everyone know that it is time for the college football and NFL 6 from Chad Wilkins and Abel Calamito
1: Football Friday with Iron A Joy <laughs> Have I completely lost my mind? Totally, you're gone. <laughs> uh, I had to have fun with that, but hey, listen. As well as we're doing, you got to have some kind of intro. Now we got We're like a WWE wrestler that just won the belt. We can't just come in there and jump in the ring cold turkey. We got to have an intro, and we do. All right. Uh, we're gonna do this. You're gonna you're gonna run through all of your college picks, and then you're gonna run through your NFL picks. That's how we're gonna do it. And then I'll jump on the mic here, and we'll and then I'll give you
2: mine. Okay. Okay, let, let let me lay the records out. In college, we're both sitting at ten and five. We've been very good this year in college. In the NFL, you're four and seven. I'm four and eight. But last week we were both two and one, so we've turned the corner there. I have a feeling it's going to keep going in that direction. So, with no further ado, let me start college football. First game, I want Duke minus twelve and a half against Army. Army spent a lot a lot of energy last week I mean they 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 gave Penn State all they could handle they almost came up here to Happy Valley and walked away with a win in the end they lost 20 to 14 to a Power 5 conference team Uh, I think Army spent a lot there and now they come back and they play a very underrated Duke uh, club Duke plays a lot a lot of really good defense Uh, they're disciplined they're probably going to give Army some trouble moving the football Army can't throw it um, I think Duke cruises in this one. You know, this feels this feels 31 to 10ish to me. Okay, so I'm going. Man, Duke I'd and love to tell you man. I know something about Army football, but I don't. So, uh, Duke, we're rolling with Duke. What's next? Next, uh, here's the game. You know, they just keep insisting on, on just underestimating this man and this program. TCU goes to Kansas State, and they give them double digits, 10 points. I know what TCU did to Texas. Kansas State is in Texas, okay? They're a well-coached team. They've been a good program now for for about eight or ten years since he's come back. Um, They're tough at home. And TCU's defense this year, I don't see them against a good team being able to lay ten points and feel good about it. So I'll gladly take all ten of those points, and I'll take Kansas State. Yeah, uh, you know, we've talked about
1: it before. Schneider's one of the more, if not the most underrated college football coach there is out there. So anytime you take in Kansas State, uh, I'm backing you on that.
2: Okay. Finally, the big game down there. I know people are interested. you got Florida State laying 8.5 against Miami. And, you know, Florida State, truthfully, I know what Miami did against Cincinnati. Florida State's living off what they did the last two years with James Winston. They have another team that they're the least impressive top 15 team going right now. And now they're laying over a touchdown in a rivalry game against a wounded opponent. If Miami doesn't play well this week, they're never going to play well, okay? They've had a couple extra days to get ready from a Thursday game. They're playing in their rivalry game, awful loss. People are talking crap about them. And now they find themselves as eight-and-a-half-point underdogs. Um, I'll take all eight-and-a-half points because I'm like you. I have a feeling that Miami's getting an outright upset win here. I really do, but but eight and a half I feel really good about it. So for college, that's my picks. Duke minus twelve and a half. Kansas State plus ten. Miami of Florida plus eight and a half.
1: Outstanding. Slide on over to the NFL and give us your three winners there.
2: NFL. Uh you know, last week I faded them and I and I got bitten in the rear end, but I'm doing it again. Uh the the lines are just getting really swollen here on Atlanta Falcons games. They're a good team. They're mm-hmm. improved. I'm not sure they're ready to lay seven points against a a much better Redskins team than most of us thought, and I think that has to do a lot with the way Kirk Cousins is playing and managing the game. They're running the football, playing pretty good defense. The Skins are getting a full touchdown here. Uh, They may lose this game, but I have a feeling one of those guys who used to run on the field without a shoe is going to decide it. Um, So I'll take the Redskins plus seven. All righty. Washington in uh, this is one of those games where I, you, you know, I watched the Saints beat my Cowboys last week, and I never came away so unimpressed by the winning team as I think I did last Sunday. The Saints just, you know, they were the beneficiary of Dallas, just running out of bodies and having Brandon and at quarterback. Uh, the mm-hmm. Saints aren't a very good team at this point, and especially on the road. If the Eagles, mm-hmm. they're not going to lose every game. This, to me, just has the feeling of they're going to take out four games of frustration, on the New Orleans Saints this week. You know, I I just have a feeling that we're looking at like 38-20. So I'm going to gladly lay the five points with the Eagles. All right. Now, that must be something when
1: you, the ultimate Cowboys fan, is going to back Chip Kelly and the Philadelphia Eagles. Your boy DeMarco Murray, 200 yards rushing in this game or what?
2: Uh, Well, if they're not going to feed him this game, then he should have his agent figure out how to get him the hell out of there because he spoke up all week. It's a perfect team to run the ball against if you're going to run it. So he better get a lot of carries this week.
1: It'd be funny as hell if they start him off and keep him on the bench, and it Sproles and Matthews back there in a the duel. Uh, they run the I formation. You maybe. might see Murray hand
2: choking the... Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly might not get to USC. <laughs> <laughs> All right,
1: what's your last one in the last
2: NFL? one? That, you know, I'm sorry. I hate doing this, but every four or five years I do it. I gotta lay the eight points here with the New England Patriots. Listen, Ooh. Des brought. Des Bryant's out till the next week. If Dallas has a bye. They say he's coming back for Game Six against the Giants. I got one of the best three receivers in the league on the bench. I got my backup quarterback playing against the New England Patriots, uh, and I got Greg Hardy making jokes about Brady's wife. Okay, um, I got. Oh man, oh,
1: oh man,
0: I gotta think yeah. that
2: this just has the feel of the confused look on Whedon's face. Uh, interceptions rolling, and the final score being 37-13, New England. So I'll lay the eight points with the Patriots.
1: You know, every time you mess with your team, you're playing with fire.
2: Um, I really wish I had the stats, um, and
1: I'm, you know, I might comb the NF, the uh, the entire internet for this. I want to know the stats on teams who won by double digits the week before. Um, mm-hmm going into a bye, and then a uh, significant road favorite, let's say of a touchdown or more, on the road. How, how in many their of game. you
2: played against Brandon Whedon?
1: You know, come on, and it is Tom Brady. so you know The dude's 5-20 and, and as
2: a starter. Come on, you don't have to be a math genius. Let me help you. That's 20% of the time he's won games. He started. <laughs> well, I
1: hope you're right on this one, but the Pats in this game, they're, the Pats are monsters if they win this. 51-17 last time out. A bye week, and then you're on the road as a big favorite. Man, we all better be afraid of them if if they uh, end up covering that number in this contest. So, Nevertheless, that's that's what you got there. Philadelphia plus seven. I mean, uh, Washington plus seven. Philadelphia minus five. And you're going against your boys, taking New England minus eight. All right, here's what I'm looking at. Call me crazy. I picked them last week, and we're talking college football here. I picked them last week. Um, I thought they'd run away with it, and they made me sweat it out. But I'm coming back with them again, will Call me a uh, masochist or whatever the hell you want to call me. But I'm going to back Oregon again this week, all right? And they're laying a huge number at home. I just think in now with the way things are going for Oregon, in spots when they can do that whole cover the spread thing, as Oregon has been very good at doing, in uh, in recent years, that they're going to just go out and do that. Um, and Oregon needs to pile up some impressive wins just to hold a little dynasty together. Uh, they were on the road last week. They're back home. They're feeling good. The last time they were in front of the hometown faithful, it was one of the worst beatings of all time. They lost by 42 points. They owe their fan base. Uh, Washington State is coming into this thing. Uh, the most impressive thing they did was go out and beat Rutgers on the road, but they did lose to Portland State. Um, You know, they hung tough for me against California, but man, they just can't run the football. They won't be able to hold it together in this game. So you're saying Oregon Oregon is
2: going to show Washington State their origin?
1: Yeah, they... they, Okay. (laughs) I just caught on to that one.
2: Yes, I'm saying that. Oregon
1: is going to pull their duck out on these guys, and that's just how it's going to go. All right, so I'm back in Oregon in this one. I'm heading over to the Big minus the, uh, 17. 10. That's the line we're using Minus here. the 17 is what we're talking about here. Two touchdowns and a field goal. I'm liking them on that. Minnesota playing Purdue, you know, that big-time Big Ten matchup that you are all waiting for all week. Well, I'm going to jump on this, Newser. Minnesota is a favorite on the road. Um, it might make a little, you know, might make some people scared. But hey, look, Purdue played their played their lungs out last week. Came from behind, almost had it again against Michigan State, and fell at the end. And at the end of the day, they were just Purdue again. And I think they're going to be a little bit bummed out uh, at that result. And Minnesota is coming into this thing after having gotten completely shut down by Northwestern, shut out. They're mad. They're focused. They're better. I like Minnesota as a three and a half point favorite in this game. I got hit with a hook there. All right. And then, uh, you know, Nebraska is a team I've messed around with a lot this year. I'm going to mess around with them again. They're taking on Wisconsin. This is not the Wisconsin team I expected. They're not very good right now. All right. I'm just, it's just not, they're not a good football team right now. Not the way they want to be and uh, they're going to be traveling out to Nebraska to take on the Cornhuskers who eh, need to do something good in front of the hometown faithful, and here's a chance for them. They're playing a team with a name, which are the Wisconsin badges, and I just have to back Nebraska in this one. They're 2-3. they gotta get, they got to get themselves. I, that's an unbelievable loss for them last week at Illinois. So I think they're mad. I think they're focused, and I think Wisconsin's in a lot of trouble. Um, don't like the way they look. Especially they're looking offensively, I mean, loss.
2: they're just playing horrible offense. You're laying a short number here at home, one and a half points. Basically, you're saying Nebraska go win the game at home, and uh, yeah, I kind of I I don't like taking a road team like Wisconsin when they're not playing any offense at all, and that's really what's going on there. So I, I agree with you.
1: You just said Wisconsin, did you? I'm
2: sorry, Wisconsin? Wisconsin, Wisconsin. All
1: right, Hub. How about that for you? All right, jumping over to the NFL. I promised you a friends and family game, and I'm going to give you a friends and family game. Tampa Bay and Jacksonville. I'm going to roll with the Tampa Bay Bucs and my man, Jameis Winston. How could you not back the home team here? Tampa Bay, only a three-point favorite in this contest. Jacksonville uh, is Jacksonville, and they are now going to play their third straight road game. I mean, I wouldn't back a, a former champion in this set. I'm not backing. No, that back that, that rarely
2: happens. It happens a couple times a year with the NFL schedule, where a few teams get three straight road games, and it's, it's the third one is usually not a good result.
1: Yeah, well, the first two haven't been a good result for them. I think they're going to continue that trend, and then next week they've got a game against Houston, who's in their division and suddenly looks like a team that they can beat. So I don't know how much attention they're going to be paying to the, to Tampa Bay here. Not that the Jaguars can overlook anyone. I just think Tampa Bay's at home. Off of that loss to Carolina, and if they're going to win a game here, the, this would be it. So I think Tampa Bay is just going to rise, rise all supreme on them. I told you I was teetering between two games. I tossed the New Orleans game out. Uh, I'm going to back. I'm going to agree with you on the Washington deal. I don't think oddsmakers know what to do with Atlanta. They've been caught by surprise here. Uh, they've come out and done some things that people didn't expect, and I think the line is swelling a little bit too much here. Uh, I think it's playing into the public. What you have here is an Atlanta team that blew out an opponent last week. Um, They put together two very impressive games. They go to Dallas and win. Then they totally blow out and put up 48 points on Houston. Um, And then now they're back home with a divisional opponent next week. Every reason in the world to not come in here fully focused. And uh, for that, I'm going to take Washington, who's gaining a measure of confidence. They gained a measure of confidence by beating Philadelphia last week. And uh, I think they can come into this thing with uh, enough confidence and mental strength to hang with Atlanta here and possibly pull a, a, an upset ahead of that divisional game for the Atlanta Falcons. And then finally, um, I'm back in Oakland Raiders. The Raiders. Um, I agree with you. The Raiders uh, yeah, plus four I, and a half. Yeah, Oakland is is playing better football. I got from them what I expected last week, maybe even a little bit more than I expected. I thought they might kind of fall flat on their face being a road favorite for the first time in I don't know how many years, but you know what? They had opportunities to win that game. They fought it to the end, and that shows me a little strength in this team. So now they're back home. Uh, they still have some. They still have their confidence. They're feeling good about what they're doing, and uh, they're an underdog to a Denver team that, quite frankly, as you said, has not really done much to really write home about. I think Denver comes into this thing thinking they're getting the all, the the same old Raiders, and they're going to run themselves into quite the little surprise there. So I'm going to back Oakland in this one. So to sum it all up, I'm taking Tampa Bay. I'm using my friends and family card. I'm going to take the Bucks three-point favorite. I'm going to take the Redskins as a touchdown underdog, and Oakland as a four-and-a-half-point underdog. The Raiders.
4: The Raiders.
1: All right, so you're updated. That is our pick segment here. Uh, we can't end the pick segment without bringing our favorite guest on. He's going to give us—he's going to give us a quick, quick rundown on what he likes this week, and he's going to pretend he's ordering from the McDonald's menu when he's doing it. Les, what do you got for us, man? Hate to do this to you, but it's quick.
4: Hey man, I don't like doing nothing quick, man. What's
1: that? Now, look, don't play that game with me here. On yeah, Puppy.
2: don't give us that—that that innuendo. We know where you're going with that.
1: And boy, right, as his right. former roommate, boy do I know what he's talking about. But yeah. all right, so
4: what do you got? All right, I'm gonna take the Rams and cover How about it, that to cover the nine and a half.
1: I semi agree. Go ahead. Uh
4: I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and um uh I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna take uh I'm gonna take San Diego to cover the three.
1: I I, I kind of like that one. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, why not at home against the backup quarterback?
4: Yep. And, and, and I'm going a, I'm to a go with my, my hometown boys. Y'all both just said they're going to get beat by the Cardinals. So I'm going to piss mm-hmm. all these Cardinals fans off today. <laughs> I'm going with D, Detroit.
1: Oh, wearing your heart on your sleeve. College football, what do you like?
4: Oh, uh, yeah. Let's go with college football. I'm going to order a Big Mac
1: and fries in a minute. Yes, exactly.
4: No, no, no. No Big Mac. Do you want the Happy Meal? <laughs> uh, hey, you know what? I like Texas San Antonio to cover that eleven and a half. I think Coker's team is better than they look.
1: This man went with Texas San Antonio. Talk about the woodworks. All I didn't right. even know Coker
4: was coaching still, so that tells you what I knew about them.
1: There he is. And then I'm gonna
4: I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna piggyback I'm gonna piggyback on something I've seen. Hold on, one Where is it at? Where is it at? Where is it at? Where is it
1: at? Uh, by the way, uh, Emil, while he's trying to find his order here, do you know uh, what his record was last week? By any chance? Well,
2: no, I thought we'd leave that to him to score himself. Like when you're in school and the teacher says, "Correct your own paper." And right, hey, we gave stop, you enough time stop. to find that next pick. What do you got? Uh,
4: give me. I'm gonna take Iowa. What, so I think
1: Iowa was an undercover paint in the rear end in the Big Ten. So.
2: Yeah, was laying ten and a half to Illinois, so you like Iowa. Okay, you need one more here. And and, I, and
4: I'm going to go ahead and just jump off the deep end, and I'm going
3: to take Temple. Temple. Is home,
4: is, is Aren't home they like a 16-point favorite? It's homecoming in Philadelphia.
3: Okay, ah. so, You're so, so you got Temple home.
4: coming.
1: Watch him go 3-0. and
2: <laughs> oh yeah, sure. Why not? You, t- so, so Les has Texas, San Antonio, Iowa, and Temple in college. Beautiful. I didn't find a line
1: on Texas, San Antonio. Did you?
2: He said it's eleven. We'll we'll, we'll let him run with eleven. All righty.
1: There you go, my said man. Left. Give
4: you 11 and a half.
1: Okay, we'll 11 give you the hook too. Uh, and Temple is a fifteen-point favorite against Tulane.
3: All right. Yeah.
1: T- yeah. Tulane has a. Uh, my boy Rohan Marley's son playing over there. By the way, for you. Yes. Now
2: your your weekend assignment <laughs> is because you made those three picks. You must watch all three of those games beginning to end.
1: Yes, and at hum at least at least hum ten seconds of the winning team's fight song. And we'll uh, expect a full here.
2: report on what you see beginning to end. And if they're played at the same time, I want you DVRing and watching the other game at night then.
1: Those three games I'll, are going to be I'll, live
3: I'll live streamed on. Devo.
1: You, right. They're like, that's going to be on TV. These, All these games are going to be live streamed on something like Al Jazeera. So, how the hell are you going to play? Parents at them? Texas San
2: Antonio don't want to go watch their kids play this
1: weekend, okay? <laughs> live streamed on YouTube.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: all yes, right, Les, thanks yes, for sir. gracing
1: us with your presence, man. Have a happy, happy weekend.
4: Hey, you guys have a great weekend, too, man. Bye
1: bye. All right, partner. It's time for me to kick you out of here. I guess I guess my man uh, Pete Ariz can't show up here. Listen, I'll see you guy Monday. From Kane's Insight. Yeah, came, my guy came on here from Kane's Insight last week and kind of yeah. laid in to Al Golden. All right, I might need to go find out if he's still a, if he's still alive. Didn't well, tell him to call me. Tell
2: him to call me and I'll listen to 15 minutes of his bitch about Golden if he'll listen to me go off about Sark. Yeah. Tell so, him to call me at the man, house. Man,
1: this this <laughs> is suspicious behavior kid goes in on Golden, and then he doesn't show up for the the segment next week. I just feel like I wish I had a soundbite from the guy from Unsolved Mysteries. No one ever saw
3: Peter Ariz ever again. Or you could have Dick
1: Cheney just saying, he was a nice kid. Oh, man. Crazy, crazy, crazy. All right. I got to let you go. I'm going to take a quick break. When I get back, it's high school football time. Joshua Wilson from FloridaHSFootball.com joins me on the Good Iron Stud Show. We'll be back right after this.
0: Mike Wilmer. Hey, no flex. You want the truth? Well here it is. Speed kills. And in no other sport is that true than in football. Speed gets you to the end zone. Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. Do you want championship type speed? Do you want speed that kills? The Complete Speed is what you need. Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash, make you quicker and more explosive. They have a clear progression, drills, and exercises, along with specific instructions. They also have proven sample workouts and programs for you, the individual, or for you, the coach. Speed is what you need, so hurry now and check out Complete Speed. Just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed. That's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now.
3: Hey, hey, hey! Do
0: you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoffs. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over $600,000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a
1: one-day contest for $25 and get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Studs show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry.
0: The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! (laughs) All right, we're back
1: here on the Fr- Football Friday edition of the Gridiron Stud show. You got to love it. Love TGIF. You're getting the high school football, you're getting the college football, you're getting the NFL football this weekend, and that's what this show is all about. Well, we just went through college and NFL football and gave you some picks, uh, a little bit of some little bit of some handicapping action along with a little bit of comedy. Always some comedy here on a Gridiron Stud show. But uh, I, I'm always happy to have this segment of the show every week with this guy that knows uh, that, that knows it from coast to coast. I'm blessed to have these kind of guests on the show. I do the recruiting show on Wednesday night, and I have Larry Bluestein on. And then on Friday, I get to get this guy, Joshua Wilson from FloridaHSFootball.com, joins me here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Josh, you got a lot going on in the background there.
5: What are you doing? You moving? No, 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 no. I don't know what's going on. Maybe you hear the garbage truck. Yeah, it's garbage day too in my neighborhood.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, there you go, man. Um, You Listen, Uh, we're getting down to the to the nitty gritty here in some of these. um, Oh yeah. District districts, and uh, you know we got an interesting matchup. I know down here, a couple of interesting ones we've got going on down here in South Florida. Plantation is going to take on Flanagan after they Flanagan got the big uh, win last week against Miramar. And uh, you also have in uh, in Class 5A, you've got Hallandale taking on Coca- Coconut Creek. That's going to be a bomb fest. You have two quarterbacks in there who, at uh, different times this season, have thrown seven touchdowns in a football game. How about that one?
5: Oh yeah, that's it's literally. I'll tell you what, it's literally you know, it's, one, it's just going to be one of these games. Where, you know, it's just going to come down to whoever makes the best plays. You know, and especially when I'm looking at this, Hallandale, especially Hallandale Coconut Creek, I'm going to look at that one first because. That one, that one's a that one's an elimination game for Coconut Creek. They have to beat Hallandale to keep me the safe base for the playoffs. Because if the, you mm-hmm. know even to get a, even a shot at, at a district tiebreaker or something like that, because they've got to win that game. Because you know it, 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 it for for Coconut Creek. They win this game and then Hallandale goes and beats Plantation American Heritage. Well, you're talking a mm-hmm. district shootout come Monday week eleven. So right. You know, at this particular point, I mean, that's just that can Coconut Creek overcome Hallandale? I just, not, I'm not sure if Hallandale. I mean, Coconut Creek can actually come overcome that because you know, it's it's it, it, you know, you you look at the lines, and I don't think the lines are they Coconut Creek's lines are able to hold up as much against when they come under strong pressure against very good teams like American Heritage and then here Hallandale. For, for yeah, well,
1: I tell you this, someone's. Someone or someone's arms are going to be sore in this game because it's going to be a passing fest. Uh, oh, yeah. Our buddy Joe Pinko says Hallandale by by two touchdowns over Creek, which um, you know might not be wrong in that. You know, just Creek not very good up front.
5: But but it might but it might just be a, it, it probably it probably could turn into a high scoring fest. <laughs> Barnburn. Oh no, it's, no it's probably there.
1: Yeah, I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked if anyone. Finishes with 21 or less in this game, so uh, I'm thinking at least at least four touchdowns for each one of these sides. So, um, if you like offense and uh, you're a lover of Big 12 college football, man, go tonight and you know check out Hallandale yeah. versus Coconut Creek. Uh, Pincos is mean, call, calling for a close game in uh, Plantation versus Flanagan. I don't know how many people are really looking at Plantation this year, what what have you seen from Plantation and is it possible for them to pull off an upset in this game?
5: Well all I need is a few only they need is a few few breaks to go their way and that's gonna be the that's gonna be the case. I mean I mean it's the same storyline how what happened with South Plantation and how they keep planning it. It's just a matter mm-hmm. of catching those few breaks, either planning and doing something or, you know, doing you know, not converting an you know, extra point or, you know, making a field goal or but you know, I mean, I, I believe uh, the, the quarterbacks supposed to be, you know, their quarterbacks supposed to be back. So that's going to be help, hopefully help them, you know, in, in this backstretch. Because I know at this particular point, I think, I think in my mind is Flanagan needs to win out through this particular mm-hmm. point, get to that same time of the point game, and try to win that game. Because if they win, if they get to that point, then they can reestablish themselves back on the national scene. But you know, mm-hmm. if they lose this game, your, your, your playoff, your your playoff hopes are. Pretty much dashed at this particular point. You're going to be praying for a tiebreaker. That's yeah, what you're going to be praying uh,
1: for. Yeah, and you don't you don't want to find yourself in that position. No. I mean Flanagan no, showed they flexed their defensive muscle last week, and at the end of the day, I think that that's what's going to win out for them there. Just see yeah, Plantation and, 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 having a hard time finding the end zone.
5: Yeah, and in the Dirty Birds, you know as they say, the Dirty Birds, you know they, they, their mm-hmm. defense is really good. So I mean, I can't I can't put that past them. So you know it's. You know, i like to see Flanagan win it, but, you know, they've got to also, like, in the same city Flanagan has got to hope that South Plantation drops another game along here in the next few weeks, drops another district game. That way they can – because they still got a chance to win the district. they just got to hope South Plantation drops another one. Because South Plantation mm. drops another one, then, it, then if Flanagan wins out, they'll be the district champion. That won't be an issue. But, you know, right. every – I mean, they—they they, I mean everybody. Basically, it's—it's it's, it's the way it looks right now. Is every game is their last game pretty much right now in the season until they get know what what the situation's gonna be. So you know, it's, it, it, it's it's gonna be fun to watch.
1: Yeah, let's talk some other teams in eight A. Um, we came in this year thinking Deerfield was gonna be um, a really really good football team, and I don't know that they're not. But when I look at Pinko seeing St. Thomas is gonna beat them by twenty seven. What do we make of Deerfield Beach in eight A?
5: I you know I mean it, it, it still it still kind of surprises me you know but you know the, the, the way they lost the bowls you know I thought they would have it a little bit closer on bowls and you know maybe they had a chance to beat bowls but I think it kind of speaks to the sub that bowls is might be bowls might be a, a better football team than everybody has been thinking this year I and mean, they might actually be a more competitive team if they reach the four 8 final this year so mm-hmm. but, you know, I want I want to put mm-hmm. it that way you know for Deerfield it's just you know I mean for them, they're going to have to play close. I mean, if they can play close on Saint Thomas, then I think the you know the they'll have the respect there. If they beat Saint Thomas Aquinas, oh yeah, that definitely will be something there. But you know, they're going to have to play their best football. They cannot make a mistake. One mistake and the you know, game is th- over for them.
1: Uh, St. Thomas comes into this thing a little bit, you know, uh, with some ailments. I think they're going to probably be missing two cornerbacks in this game. They're going to be missing Asante Samuels Jr., mm. uh, possibly starting cornerback Dante Carrier-Williams will be also out in this game. And Deerfield can't throw the ball. They have some weapons on that side of it. Um, that's going to be something to watch out for in this contest. Mm. But uh, at, the oh, end of, yeah. at the end of the day, it's, it's St. Thomas. So, we'll, you know, we'll have to see if Darefield's going to have Enough there. How about South Dade? Uh, not enough talk, if you ask me, going on about South Dade coming into this year. I really felt like South Dade had the best offensive line in South Florida, and they haven't really disappointed to this point. Should we be paying more attention to South Dade?
5: I mean, we, we should be paying attention to them. I think you know. I mean, I, I was having I had another conversation conversation on South Dade with somebody else from down there, and I was talking to him. We were, we were discussing it. It's like. I think, I think the thing that de- negatively deems South Dade is the strength of schedule at this particular point. Looking at the schedule, looking who else they've got to play, I mean, they're, they're probably gonna 9-0 going to be not in ugly one into the playoffs at this particular point, you know, bar, bar, barring some surprising upset. You know, mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, technically, technically, I mean, technically in my mind right now, South, South Dade should technically have a loss right now, and that loss should have come to mind Normal. I mean I mean that's 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 just that's that one game they probably should have watched. Sometimes you sometimes you, know, you just pull it out, yeah. man,
1: you know? Yeah, sometimes
5: exactly, you
1: just... exactly. It, you know, you, yeah, no, so, you're
5: exactly right.
1: And then Columbus is quietly going about their business uh oh, yeah. and, and, and doing their thing. So yeah, eight is gonna be interesting this year. No and they've quietly
5: become the number and they've quietly and Columbus has quietly become the number one team in eight A right now. So, you know, it's it, it's interesting yeah. considering that you know, I don't know if you want that target you.
1: on your back though. You know, I don't know if you want that target on your back, but but uh there you go. They're out there doing their thing and, and uh ranking wise, reaping the benefits. Um Boyd Anderson, um no one expected anything coming from them this year. Uh you know, they took a they took a, a tough one last week. Um where do you stand with Boyd Anderson? What what do they got going on over there?
5: Let me just put the first board surprising this year. <laughs> that's, that's if that's what you want to put it, it, it. It's surprising what they were able to do, and i was surprised that they actually beat Dillard. I had Dillard as the favorite in that district, the one that you know, the one that district, and then it's like, well, there goes that district right down the drain. You know, it, 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 they mm. then Board Anderson just went ahead and you know, nicely blew it up for me, you know. And then, you know, when I go back and look at it into the, the season, it's going to be like, it, it's going to be like, what? Really? Wow! You know, this really actually happened. <laughs> Right and you know that's right. and that's going to be interesting to see what happens next with that district because I mean I mean at this point Dillard's is not Dillard's not out of the playoff hump, but they're going to have to beat Boynton Beach they're to, I mean, it, it's almost a guarantee when they 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 beat Northeast that ain't going to be an issue it's, they've got to beat Boynton Beach to make the playoffs otherwise it's going to be Boynton Beach and Dillard's going to be sitting under them looking at themselves like okay uh,
1: yeah I don't know we're I don't, win I don't the know are yeah, I don't know that that Northeast game is going to be that much of a cakewalk for Dillard. I mean, uh, Northeast is doing some some pretty good stuff defensively, and they can kind of make it a nightmare night for you. So I wouldn't necessarily say they're going to just walk in there and walk out with a victory. We've got two interesting non-district matchups in Dade County. Uh, Miami Central is going to take on Jackson. Does Jackson have a chance in this contest against Central?
5: I mean, it's... That yeah, that's you know that you know that was another quote That was another game we had talked about. You know, my I mean, Miami Central. I mean, even though it's a non-district game, I think Miami Central needs to have to win this game just to save face on some of it, because I know mm. that some fans down there are not very happy right now with the calling that's been going on. You know, I mean, I mean, like in it's years, been a big, you know, it's, yeah, it,
1: been a bit of a big story. Yes,
5: I mean. I, I would I would like to think that you know that you know Miami Central's got of went out because th- these next two games are it for them for the rest of the season because they're after that they're off they're done for the season mm-hmm. after that until the playoffs and you know the question is you get done you, you, you get through you get through Miami well now well actually the next three games you get because you, you got I think they still got highly and Miami Lakes and they've got Miami Northwestern but I think the next two games are more of the games they got to save face with got to beat Miami mm-hmm. Jackson for one but. I, if you lose to Miami Northwestern, your season's over. And I don't think Miami Central fans are really wanting to face the tune of the fact that Miami Northwestern has been able to be competitive in games this year, despite the record. I think the, the record is not indicative of what Miami Northwestern really has become this year.
3: Mm-hmm. You know, being able to compete
5: that's... in games.
1: Yeah, and I that's... agree because you know I had a first hand I've seen them firsthand. They played. They played American Heritage and. Um, yeah, they look like they're heading the, in that direction. So staying on that, though, that's the other Dade County non-district matchup I'm talking about. Northwestern's taking on Booker T. You know, Booker T has had their fall from grace here. But can they restore themselves and go out and beat Northwestern in this big Dade County matchup?
5: Oh, yeah, as long as they make no mistakes. I mean, as long as they make no mistakes. But then again, you look at, okay, who's the head coach at Northwestern, the former defensive coordinator at Miami Central? So you've got to think about this, you know, hey. He's playing the same tactics that the Miami Central has been able to use the last five, six years. You know, defensively, and now that it's over in Miami Northwestern, you know, I think you know it's like you know it's like it's, it's kind of saying it's like you're playing for the you're playing for your program's for your program's future at this particular point here for the next few years. You know, is it, who's, which school is going to start rising back? Who's going, which school is going to be the one that's going to come out on top and dominant. I don't think we've got that clear picture right this second because Miami Central, yeah, they've taken a step back he's taking a step back now. Is Miami Northwestern going to be able to take a step forward? That's a good question. You know, who's going to take that step forward in these three programs that are, you know, are wanting to battle? You know, because they're probably pretty much fighting for the same neighborhood kids. The way it's going these days, it's I can see it. Yeah, it's you know, just funny now when you're talking
1: out. high school football um, games. Games are you're discussing the recruiting wars and the battles. In high school football oh, yeah. games, it's just strange how far
3: we've come. Listen,
1: on a on a on a side note, um, I've been watching football since the '70s. I'm not going to ask you to tell me how old you are or how long you've been watching it. You know, if you've been watching football in five different decades, you think you've seen everything. But here I am, coaching last, you know, Friday night. Uh, we're playing Stranahan, and I saw something, Josh. I think I've never seen before in my life. Back to punt. Stranahan's punter takes the punt. Immediately spins around, puts his back to the defense, and sort of soccer bicycle kicks the ball back into the other direction. Have you ever <laughs> in your life heard or no. seen no. No. anything no. like this? No. There's a net seven it, it, yards, by the way, so I don't want to talk about it like it was some amazing thing that uh no, no, is ESPN no, that, worthy.
3: <laughs> no,
5: no, That's just that uh, I I I think I think I think Steve Spurrier's drop kick or something like you know a drop kick on a field goal or, or or extra point or something like that or something like that I think that would be something better I think Steve I think Spurrier did something like that or somebody else did something you know I remember seeing a drop kick for 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 points and stuff so you know I think that I mean a drop kick is an
1: actual play in football a rare as it may be well, rather, it's an but, actual play.
5: Well, right. This thing but, here but blew I, my mind. I I think that you could consider that as a, one of the weirdest plays I think you could put that as the weirdest player that could
1: go wrong. Oh, all <laughs> you know, I mean, rhyme he, and reason gone in that one.
5: Just completely he, he crazy. You only get, so, get seven. Bicycle, punt, kickball. That ball. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the
1: only the only chance at positivity in that is it almost hit one of our players who were stunned and shocked to have uh, seen. Probably, you know, frozen, paralyzed with the ball coming at him. All right, back to what's going on in the gridiron. I've been talking about them for the last couple of weeks. Obviously, uh, you know. That uh, was a place that I was at, and even though there was a mass exodus, uh, Daniel Luque and the university school, now called Sharks, have continued to do good things there, and last week they go out and get an upset win over Cluiston. Um Are they a legit team in 4A with Booker T having their struggles? Um, is this a legit team? I think they can go beat Glade ah. Central and be the winner of this
3: district.
5: That's it. and you know what, that would be one of the shocks of the season, you know, and there, there are going to be a few shocks of the season, I'm going to, and i probably writing about, come towards them when we get through the playoffs, and then, the te- you know, the teams start exiting through the playoffs, it's like, which districts were a total shock, you know, and this is probably mm-hmm. one of them right here, it's District 4, the, the District 4A7. Yeah, I mean, that one, I mean, just considering I had, I think I had, like, University School finishing third in that district, I had great yeah. Central close to coming out, and at this point now, it's like,
1: it's, it's,
5: yep. it's, uh, I mean, it's and, and they've got it's, a chance to win the thing. Yeah, and considering they've only got Glade Central up, well, this is University Schools District to lose now. This particular point, yeah, you know, Cluliston going to have to fight back. Cluliston is going to have to they're going to have to pray. They're going is going to have to pray for for a couple things. One, they're going to have to pray that Glade Central beats University School. Then Cluliston is going to have mm-hmm. to turn around. And they're going to have to win. They're going to have to beat University. I mean, I mean they're going to beat Clay Central, and then they're going to beat Somerset.
3: Mm-hmm. Which is Somerset? Mm-hmm. One should, mm-hmm. should
5: be pretty easily. It's, it's getting past that and You know, there's still that chance that those three teams. Somerset's are kind of not beating
1: one. anyone, Josh. I'm gonna let you no. know that right now. They're no, no. Oh, uh, no, no. When when
5: when when you're, when when the team that you're facing is a 70-point favorite against you, yeah,
0: <laughs> we won't even talk <laughs> about that. Pretty much telling you.
1: No shot. Uh yeah, four a has become very, very interesting. University schools in a, uh, right. a non district matchup against Date Christian tonight, which uh, I don't know what kind of game we're gonna get there. Pinko says university school by eighteen. Uh, let's talk three A. Let's slide down there. Shaman Madonna uh has a brand new coach this year. Um and 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 they've been doing some good things. Can they and they've got a big matchup tonight against Westminster Christian. That's your district. Um, are they a force in three A? It is.
5: I mean, it is big yeah, time. It, it is. I mean, district championship for district three A eight. You know, for for that. You know, I mean, both teams are both teams are playoff qualified now. So you know, you're gonna. Here's here's your first two teams that get to go slide in the playoff bracket after this week. So, I think you know for Shaman Manana, it's it's. I think you know it's. You got to – now. Here's here's your here's your test. You you win this game, you cemented yourself back into the three A scene. You've got mm-hmm. to win this game to totally cement yourself that game. Now, I will say that you know, okay, yeah, I've got Shamrock ranked right now, you know, because you know, I looked at Westminster, between Shamrock schedule and Westminster's schedule. I think Westminster their strength of schedule is just a little bit weaker considering what's mm-hmm. what's been given. But you know, mm-hmm. again, Shamrock plays their best football. They win the game. Hey, guess what? You're district champion. You're going the playoffs. You're going. You're. you're, you're and guess what? I mean, but the only the only thing that I I, I fear for Shamrocks or Westminster, either one who wins, they're going to get Delray American Heritage. But getting in, we're going to speak about Delray American Heritage just because. Yeah,
1: I well, speaking that, of that, that I'm looking slid. at I'm looking they at the slid. 3A rankings here, and you don't have American Heritage Delray in in your in your top five. You've dropped them out.
5: Yeah, I dropped them out, and it's because there was a concern about the the way that they with. That they they're only reliant on a couple of players and they're not it, basically outside of that outside of that there's no there's no other yeah. with the team being able to surround themselves and be able to play properly you know you know there's like it's one it's it's basically the team's one player and that's it it's not you know mm-hmm. like you've had these number amount of players that were able to produce and be able to do different things to keep you know to keep things out of that one dimensional box. And I think that's mm-hmm. what's kind of happened is they've gone into a one-dimensional box with the running game, and they can't really pass the game, pass the ball. So that's that kind of hurts them on a lot of ways, and, you know. And I mean yeah. Oxbridge, you know, Oxbridge won again last night against the Land, so Oxbridge is you know on, on a roll, you know. And I think for Oxbridge, their strength of schedule has definitely helped out with Miami carroll City taking that loss to them. Now that Miami mm-hmm. carroll City has beaten Lakeland, has beaten Miami Central, you know, it it actually that loss looks good on them now. I mean, I wouldn't, I didn't think it would now it does. Mm-hmm. It
1: really well you you know they're not they're not your top ranked team in three A, but in my eyes, no. Oxbridge is your favorite in three A. Uh will you agree or disagree with that?
5: I, I have to disagree with that in some ways right now, just because, you know, Trinity Christian, they're just steamrolling everybody they get mm-hmm. their hands on. They play Godby the night and my I, I just Godby is down. I don't don't expect them yeah. to be back in the five a state championship this year. It's not, not going to happen. You know? Oh, like, I there's, saw there's them new, when we're in,
1: I saw them when we're in Georgia and wasn't impressed.
5: No, because I think the I think the team you really want to watch in five a coming from the north this year is going to be North Marion. You want to keep an eye on the North Marion Colts, and I'll tell you what what that what Phil has done up there in uh, up here in Central, it has been mm-hmm. amazing. I mean that they, they, mm-hmm. that has gotten you know. Marion County, you know, excited about potentially, I mean, hey, we got a different team now that maybe will potentially make a run to the state now. I mean, they've been right, close to times right. when they were coaching under Craig Damon, so that's going to be the thing. But I mean, I'll tell you what, it's just going to be some interesting football.
1: They did serve notice early in the year in uh, in in their game against Booker T. Granted, Booker T. is down, but that's still a good Booker T. football team. So they did kind of serve notice but as uh, this might not be the old North Marion.
5: No, and and, and and you go back to Booker T, and I think you know the the question about Booker T is, can they make the run? And you know, I I have my doubts, but you know some people say, oh, I still think they can make a run. But you know, they, could that could that come as as being as a seven and three team, a six and four team? I mean, that's a good question. What what is Booker T going to look like come at the end of week eleven? What kind of team? What what is their record going to be? Is there a potential chance they could be five and five? For all we know, we don't know right. that yet. But but we're we know that hey. They're not going to be an undefeated team if they make that run. We know that you know, yeah they could get hot, like
1: yeah no no it could definitely it could definitely happen for them. And they started a they're starting a young quarterback. And you know with each week he gains a certain amount of uh, experience and he gets a little bit more comfortable. So if he really gets hot and the thing starts gelling, you know Booker T can can do their thing. Hey, I want to talk about something we don't get a chance to really talk about on this show, and not a whole lot of people talk about it outside of. Um, you know, the teams playing in it. But I found myself intrigued by the Southeastern Football Conference last year, uh, you know, totally comprised of teams that have opted out of some district play. Um, who, who's, mm-hmm. who's your leader in that thing this year? Who do you think could win that? And and uh, who are the teams to really keep an eye on in that Southeastern Football well, Conference cool, yeah. this year?
5: Well, course cool, cool Springs Charter, you know, they they, they you know they, they they flexed their muscle and you know they defeated they, they defeated a week ago the, the the defending champion last year, Calvary Christian, and all Lauderdale. Those are two really mm-hmm. good teams. I think Vinecrest all of a sudden is starting to make some moves and upsetting a few teams that I didn't expect happening. And another one would be I'd say keep an eye on. Thug. I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna catch myself here. But first, it it's Saint John Paul the Second now. They're from well the Pope John Paul the Second because they changed with the with mm-hmm. the the name change.
3: So right. Saint
5: John Paul the Second there in Boca I think you know when what Willie Sneed is doing there. Whoa, wait a second. You know being able to take a team that was in the cellar last year and all of a sudden mm-hmm. being able to put them in a in a winning way. You know mm-hmm. that's 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 amazing what they're doing. But again, again, you know we're talking this is an independent football conference. You're, you know, you're, you're the play the playing field's mostly leveled here for the most part. You know, I mean, there's right. six teams in that conference that are in a different division because they are having to rebuild their programs and all that stuff. So, you know, what's going to be interesting, and I understand when I was explain the format's going to be is the top four in the national conference is going to get to play for go for their one that one game playoff and play for the bowl game in in the during the playoff the first week of the playoffs. So that'll be you know mm-hmm. interesting to see who comes out of that you know who the four teams and I think you I mean, you can you can kind of easily see where, which four teams may possibly be the ones that are going to emerge out of that to go play, and what's going to be interesting is that the rest of the teams are going to be seeded with the teams against the national side that the, I mean the American side that are the the six teams that are having the you know they're having to try to rebuild their programs, you're going to see okay which teams need help and which teams are going to be saying hey they may be able to start competing now with these other teams. And I, I, have question, I have this, this
1: question for you. Um, why, mm-hmm. why, why is Archbishop McCarthy and North Broad Prep not in this conference?
5: Well, I, I, you know, I, I actually have to ask myself right now: Why is Archbishop McCarthy not in the district this year? Why are they in the conference fight, considering? You know, they just they they beat down on North Broward Prep last night. I really, mm-hmm. really, you know, I mean, they're undefeated. I really think that if they were in that because they would be in that district with Boyd Anderson and Dillard. You know, mm-hmm. there's a chance that I would think that Archbishop McCarthy would be a playoff team this year, with given what they've got on that team. And you know, and sometimes you know, saying, "Oh, we can't compete with these teams," but I'm really saying, is that necessarily the case? Or you're just looking for an easier way out of it?
3: Mm-hmm.
5: And you know, for them, I know the Southeastern Football Conference. I think for them, they, why they're not in that one, and they're in the cold, and then, then a, one that they created last year, the Gold cold Coast Conference.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: Mm-hmm. It, it, it's simple. It's 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 the way they look at certain things, you know. And with the Southeastern Football Conference, why you see a much more level playing field is because they're not totally. It, it, it's not everything that's about football, but it's the academic side of a lot of things as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what they see. Uh, is Okay, so n- not totally fitting the profile, I guess.
5: Um, he, right. And see, and see, they, is that going to be – the, the, are they
1: going to start making noise in that conference about Coral Springs Charter, who seems to have brought in some kids, if I could say that?
5: That's, that's, that, that, that could be a possibility. You, know? and you, you, you don't want to leave anything off the table, but you know, some people might bring up some noise about that, you know, saying, oh, oh, well, this kid came from over here, and this kid came from over here, well, you know. And, and really, the, my my understanding is that the Southeastern Football Conference does kind of frown on that. That you don't really want to be doing that because that's you know if that's the case, go play in a district.
0: Go right. Play, you know, you uh, I thought that's that. why
1: this whole thing was put together. And but at some point, <laughs> yeah. um, right. somebody it's they're private schools, and let's not be naive enough to think that these teams, uh, these schools, are going to comprise their roster solely based on people who just show up out of the blue wanting to attend the school we can't be it's still florida it's still competitive football and at some point somebody's going to say well we need a quarterback or we need a receiver or it'd be nice for us to have a linebacker and they're going to do what they got to do to go get that and then one thing leads to another and then you're right back into the same situation you yeah, had yeah yeah you're yeah and
5: you're yeah you're right back in the square one and that causes you know and you know this brings up another point is that yeah and I, i'm going to say it the Florida High School Athletic Association knows there's a big major problem with our classification system. They understand that there's an issue, but there's nothing that really can be done, even for 2016. The earliest we, 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 we could be talking about is 2017 is, is making any changes. I've already thrown out some suggestions, and you know maybe one suggestion is hey, you know with the district play, so this all goes ties back into the same thing, with district play. Especially with the fact that you see some of these three team districts and you know, we're gonna have one and nine, two and eight, three and seventeens making the playoffs, you're gonna say you you're, you're gonna say the same thing to me and I don't say it to you. Is that fair? No. It's not fair. No. It's not no, fair definitely. that there's a team. and it's a black it's eye. It looks silly. It looks silly. Oh, yeah, and and even happens. with the four even with the four team districts, it's gonna there's gonna be some, some of those kind of teams like that as well because it's it's a serious issue. And my one of my suggestions is well, guess will we okay we have districts, and you know what? This district champions advance, that every other spot becomes a wild card spot. That means your record will, but your your record will be the determination to get you in the playoffs.
3: Well, let's and talk I think FHSA, be a FHSA
1: because yeah, let's talk FHSA because a story did come out yesterday about. Them wanting to do more about recruiting in the state of Florida, and they want stiffer penalties. What can you tell us about that? And are they even going to be able to go anywhere? Or is this just some rhetoric
5: made uh, for a newspaper? I, I, you know, it, it, you know, I think I think that the FSA wants to safe you know, I'm going to say safe face with the, the Tallahassee legislators because really they're not very happy right now that Tallahassee wants to keep trying to. Basically shut them down, as the as the way mm-hmm. it's been put. And, you know, and I think I don't know how much of this with that particular discussion this week that they had with that committee panel that they're mm-hmm. actually going to get something like that to go through, considering that you know there's about three other bills that are being talked about being the word, that you know shut them down, reduce the governance down, you know what, are, you know just basically would drastically change the high school sports landscape, and it, you know, and it's like and i think the i mean the is trying to make some moves now that you know it's like you know it's cuz they're going to have a, they're going to have the representative assembly this month which they that was changed from being you know in january to you know to october so that way they could be able to get things done and maybe say hey you know we're trying to make progress here but you know don't try to shut us down we're trying to make progress you know trying to understand it yeah you know the, the way education is these days some of it has changed you know you've got more more schools being under school choice where, you know, it's open and enrol- kind of sort of open enrollment, you know, you know, mm-hmm. kids are going to, you know, kids, kid, kid, kid may, kid may live in, uh you know, down in Hollywood, but may want to go to, go, go up, to you know, go up to Coral Springs, you know, and you, you know, if that's the case, you know, the kid, you, what, what can you do to stop the kid from going there? Because yeah. I would, this the is program. obviously
1: something very difficult to police. Um yes. And when you've got it going on in a state as large as Florida, um, you just – you're going to have a manpower problem. Uh, that's that's, oh, no, it, that's right.
5: number one. And, that's that's going to be a big issue. And one of the things that they discussed at the Board of Directors meeting at the end of last month, you know, this was something because they were going through some proposed uh, changes to the bylaws, and one of them would be like, okay, it, one of them they added in was that they want, okay, you know, where the majority, of, especially for schools that, you know, that have – the school choice with the open enrollment and stuff like that, is where if, you know, okay, the majority of the roster still, com- it still uh, comprises of kids in that particular zone, but it doesn't limit those kids that would come, you know, that would come from school choice, but as long as the roster does not go over where it's more kids from school choice than it is from their own zone.
4: They want yeah, to try to, yeah. you know,
5: balance. And I think that's a fair way to put it where it still, it still does not limit those kids or well, if they come over and it's, it comes out to be strictly that they came over for football, if it wasn't the academic program, you know. They not necessarily Then you got to approve all that, that totally. stuff,
1: and you know, um, oh, yeah. I guess that's something we could launch into in, in future shows because uh, we, we're probably running out of time right here. So, um, listen, we've set the table for uh, all of the big matchups, and uh, it's going to be uh, going to be another interesting Friday night on the Great men And as always, appreciate you coming on to talk Florida oh. football with us.
5: Oh no, I appreciate it, Chad. And I'll tell you what—you know—once we get through this week, next week it's going to be, hey, the district scenarios: who's gonna, who, who has a chance and who's who's facing elimination because next week everything's on the line for everybody you now.
1: Yeah, we're at that point already. Well, listen, Josh, thanks for coming on, man. Looking forward to talking to you next week. Appreciate it, Chad. Thank you. All right, Joshua Wilson from FloridaHSFootball.com. Uh, one of the best sites out there covering the entire state from the panhandle all the way down to the little keys on the way to Cuba there, Florida football, uh, floridahsfootball.com. And I want to thank Josh for joining me here. All right, man, well, we'll come down to the end of another show. Uh, just a recap for you, uh, at least the picks part. I know you, uh, some of you all are very interested in that. And why wouldn't you be? We've been so good at it and uh, might be another one of those big weeks for us. Uh, between Emil and I, as we look to keep uh, capitalizing on our knowledge of the game. All right, uh, for Emil, really quick here's what he likes in uh, college football. He's going with Duke minus 12, he likes Kansas State plus 10. And he likes the good old hometown University of Miami, plus 8.5 against Florida State. In the NFL, he likes the Redskins as a 7-point underdog. He likes the Philadelphia Eagles as a 5-point favorite. And he's going against his Cowboys. How about that? He's taking New England as an 8-point favorite. For me, college football, I'm going to back Oregon once again as 17-point favorites against Washington State. I like the Minnesota Golden Gophers as three-and-a-half-point favorites versus Purdue, and I'm going to take the Nebraska Cornhuskers at home as a a one-and-a-half-point favorite against Wisconsin. In the NFL, I'm taking Tampa Bay as a short field goal favorite versus the Jaguars. Uh, I'm going to also agree with Emil. On uh, the Washington Redskins I think it's I think they're going to hang tough against Atlanta I like them as a 7 point underdog And I'm going to back the Raiders As they take on the Denver Broncos their 4.5 point underdogs You're fully updated I want to thank you for listening to the show today We talked high school, college, and NFL football If you're listening and you like the Gridiron Stud Show Tell a friend Because the more the merrier here Enjoy the rest of your weekend And it's football time Enjoy it
3: Weekend time.